Welcome to Passion Life Church. Good morning, Passion Life Church. Good morning. We're so glad that you're here. And you're in part two of a four-part series that we've entitled Uphill Habits and uh, a direction for the new year. And I just want to encourage you. I want to say Happy New Year for some of you. It's your first time back out of the holidays and all that. And I just love you and so glad that you're here. And let me just encourage you. You know, you can download our app at passionlifechurch.com. There's free messages there. Follow along. Take responsibility for your spiritual walk with God this year. If you're out for some reason, just get in, listen to the messages, because you're a part of a church this morning that's going somewhere. And let me tell you, I want you to come with us, and I want you to follow along. I know life gets busy, but a lot of times what will happen is you can just get lost in the shuffle, and you can download our app and, and listen to all those. And we're, we've entitled this series Uphill Habits because most people, especially at the new year, have uphill hopes. They have have these wants and, and it's good and we need the uphill hopes and for the new year but yet when they have uphill hopes what many people do is they have downhill habits and when you look at their hopes their hopes are uphill but yet their habits are contradicting their hopes and I love the study of habits because we form habits but then our habits form us and see, our character can be the sum total of our everyday choices. And we can become what we repeatedly do. We can become that. And a lot of us have habits that we like. And many of us have habits that we don't like. And guess what? Thank God, though, for a new year. Thank God for new mercies. Did you know that change is a blessing from God that he gives us that few people really take advantage of? And here's the great news. We can change and we will change. Can I hear a good amen this morning? Yeah, you can give the Lord a great round of applause. And I hope that this year you've set some New Year's resolutions. And hope is a motivator. I hope you have hope. But guess what? Hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. And see, what habits do is habits add action to our hope. That's, that's a good word this morning. Habits add action to our hopes. And so a lot of people, that's why most people, they don't make it into February without breaking a lot of their New Year's resolutions because they had these high hopes, but you know what? They had downhill habits. And we called this series Uphill Habits because it's upward. It's, it's towards God. And it's uphill because, like we said last week, it's not necessarily easy or everybody would do it. But the good news is, is that you and I have God on our side. And we can do it. And that's why we set this particular verse as our theme scripture. It comes out of the Message Bible. If you've never read the Message Bible, um, it's, it's a translation that's very real. Just, it's just blunt. It's uh, relevant English. And I love what Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says. And it says this, fix your attention on God. Would you guys say that with me? Fix your attention on God. See, if we'll fix our attention on God, you'll be changed from the inside out. This is how God changes us. He changes us from the inside out. Religion tries to change you from the outside in. God changes you from the inside out. And then it says, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. 
unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you. And that's what he does. That's what he will do. And then he says he will develop a well-formed maturity in your life. That's the goal. That at the end of 2018, that you are more mature, that God will bring the best out in you. Can I ask you a question? How many of you will allow this year in 2018 for God to bring the best out in you? Uh, he can, he can, and he can. And so in this series, we've been talking about four godly habits. And the first one we talked about was putting God first in our lives. And we went through that and we talked about and announced last week that we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church, meaning taking 21 days and, uh, and praying and maybe, uh, you know, just eliminating some things from our life. And me and my wife, are, we're doing some different meals and, and meal plans and, and praying. Why? to get rid of some of that distraction so we can hear God's voice. And I just encourage you, and listen to last week's message. And we said last week that when you put God first, he will bless the rest. When you put God first, he will bless the rest. But let's look at habit number two today. And we'll go through number three and four next week. I mean, three next week and the following week. But let's look at number two. And here's number two. Habit number two is I must control my thoughts. I'm so excited that you show up today, that she showed up today. I know that it is a holiday weekend, and, 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 but I believe that this truth is such an incredible truth that has changed my life, that I believe that this could set really the precedence for the whole year. And we're going to get a little more in depth and talk about our thought life. And I was, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how I realized every, every pivotal change in my life, every pivotal change in my life happened with a thought first. It happened with a thought first. I had to change my mind first. And you will see, you will see that your life will be marked by how well you do this habit this year. How well your year will go based on how well you control your thoughts. It doesn't begin with the doing. It begins with the thinking. And again, the message uh, translation outlines this, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 2. It says, wise thinking leads to wise living. And the message says it this way, stupid thinking leads to wrong living. And here's what I want to do, because today's message has two parts to it. The first part is really talking about the principles regarding our thought life and the theology behind it, if you will. But then the second principle is some practical ways that we can really walk this out, guard our thinking. So let's look at the first principle as we talk about controlling our thoughts. Here's number one. Everything begins with a thought. Everything begins with a thought. So the things that you are doing well and the things that you are not doing well are all fueled by your thoughts. It happens in our thinking first. So in order to change my behavior and the things that I want to do, I have to find that thought that fed the fuel to my behavior. Let me say that again. My behavior is just a result of the fuel that was fed by a thought. It all originated with a thought. You know, I had a lady tell me one time, she says, I wake up grumpy every day and sometimes I let him sleep in. 
And you know, the reality is, is that some people wake up pretty grumpy in the morning. Please don't point to the person sitting next to you. I can see you. Listen, waking up and how you feel in the morning has a lot to do with what you do first. What I think first, as soon as I get up, I'm tired. My first thought. But see, if we can get into our thinking when we wake up and say, you know what? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Or like I do every day, I wake up. I thank you, God, for this life. I thank you for this breath that I breathe, that I am alive today. See, when you do something first like that, it sets the precedence for what is next. Can I hear a good amen? And everything begins with a thought. And even the process that God is going to walk us through, even the process that God wants to do in our life, it all begins with new thinking. Listen to what Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How does he do that? By changing the way you think. Everything begins with a thought. Here's number two. Here's the next principle. What we think determines how we feel. It all starts with a thought. See, now, you may be blaming the way you feel on your spouse, on your job, right, on the economy, on your next-door neighbor. You're in an HOA, but they don't follow the rules, and you're mad, right? And, and, uh, but can I just tell you? It's not any of those things that are making you feel the way you feel. It's the thoughts in your response to those things that are making you feel the way you feel. This is big. You know, they did a study, and this was the study. They would diagnose healthy people with a sickness. And they diagnosed healthy people with a sickness. They didn't have the sickness but they were diagnosed by a medical profession. Do you know that those people went back and they all started to develop the symptoms of that particular sickness? You know why? Because in their thought life, they started to gravitate to those things. We had a, a, a person in our church recently uh, and, and, and I love her spirit of fight. And, you know, I love doctors. I believe in them. I, you can go and, and hear what they have to say. But we have a, a, an, a physician, a great physician. And so they'll speak a word. They'll speak a diagnosis over you. And this, this uh, person in our church, uh, the, her diagnosis was just about seizures in her head. And, uh, and she just said, I, I, I don't accept that. I'm not going to accept that. And so you know what she did? She didn't accept that thought. And she said, I'm going to believe that I am healed, that we have the mind of Christ. She came to life group. We prayed over her. Do you know that she got a second opinion? The second opinion came back negative, that everything on those other tests were not correct. She got a third opinion. The third opinion was that everything on those tests were not correct, that she was completely normal. But I am just telling you that your thought life can play tricks on you if you are not careful. It all starts with a thought and your thoughts can determine how you feel. Listen, if you want to change how you feel, change how you think. This year I'm writing my first book. I don't know when I'm going to do it, but God told me to do it. So he's going to make time. Right, and I'm not going to tell you the 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 uh, the title because I know Christian people they'll they'll steal my title and call it a blessing and write their own book. And I'm not going to do that. But I will tell you this: I've been pastoring too long. 
But I will tell you this, it's going to be all about being grateful, right? All about being grateful. And there are times in my life that I have thought about the things that I've done without. But when I have shifted my thinking into thinking all the things that I have and God has blessed me with, it changes the way that I feel. See, because when I think about the things that I don't have, it makes me feel like I'm lacking. But you know what? When I begin to process his goodness and his greatness and his blessing, I feel like an overcomer. And I see that God has done great things in my life. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're looking at me. But what had to change? What had to change is my thinking. And we have to filter our thoughts. You're going to find out an incredible truth today that I'm just learning. My, again, it has everything to do with our, with our mind. And the Bible is, start to get, is going to start to give us a recipe for peace. Watch this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever's pure. How many of you think you'd have a better life if you thought pure thoughts? Now, I want to go back here. Look, look at what it says. Finally, brothers, think on. He's telling us, think on what is true. Let me ask you a question. In your thought life, are you thinking about things that are true? Ladies, are you thinking about things that are gossip? Right? Are you thinking about? Because if it's not true, listen, how you think can make you feel a certain way. And you can feel bad about something that you're thinking about that's not even true. I've done that. You know, I, I, I've done that. But so I want to know and I want to make sure before I feel certain things, is it true? And I've learned I'm not going to make and think about things that I don't know are not true. Because I know it affects my feelings. He says, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. Watch this. And the God of peace will be with you. Pastor Phil, you know, I just sense sometimes that I, I don't have peace in my life. Well, listen, this year we're going somewhere. We're going into habits. We'll have a great football Sunday for uh, Super Bowl Sunday, and you're going to hear from some of, the, some of the guys that are actually playing the Super Bowl that are Christians. It's going to be a great day. Then we're heading to Ideal Family, which is going to be awesome. But after that, in March, we're heading into a series called Fruitful, and we're going to talk about how God wants your life to bear much fruit. I want to tell you what one of the fruits of the Spirit is. When the Spirit of God is inside you, there is peace. So if you and I today are a believer, there is peace already on the inside of you. There's peace. Now, here's the disconnect. Well, I, Pastor Phil, my life is chaotic. I don't sense peace. Has peace left you? No. The fruit of the Spirit doesn't leave you just because of circumstance. But watch. Look at what he says here. He says, if anything is excellent, anything is praiseworthy, watch. Think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. So I have peace, but what is the determining factor whether I experience that peace? Where I put my mind, where I put my mind. I'm gonna show you, there's three or four scriptures that bear that out. Are you glad you came to church today? So what we think determines how we feel. Here's the next principle, number three. Our thoughts will determine our destiny. See, your thoughts are gonna determine where you end up this next year. Maybe some of you have seen this before. Uh, it's so a thought, 
right? You sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit, right? You sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. You reap a lifestyle, or you sow a lifestyle, you reap a destiny. Let me say that so I make sure I say it correctly. You sow a, ha- you sow a thought. So what's the first step? Thoughts, right? So you sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. That's what we're talking about today, habits. Sow a habit and you reap a lifestyle. You sow a lifestyle and you reap a destiny. Look at the last, destiny, the end result. But what was the first step? My thought life, my thought life. And we have to deal with our thought life. If you don't like where you're going, you need to change your thinking. Listen, you are today where your thoughts have brought you to. And you will go tomorrow wherever your thoughts take you. Phil, this sounds like just a bunch of positive thinking teaching. No, 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 no. Listen, this is in the word of God. Romans chapter eight, verse five. Listen to this. Watch this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, what? Think about sinful things. Look at this. But those who are controlled by the spirit, what? There's that word. Think about that things that please the Spirit. Can I just say this? This is another phrase that I'm going to be using 2018. State the obvious. How many of you found out that common sense is not so common? So let me, let me break this down because I was thinking about it. I was like, man, this is so simple, but it needs to be said. I cannot think about sinful things and be controlled by the Spirit. I need to think about the Spirit if I want the Spirit to control my life. Right? But the opposite is true as well. When I think about spirit things, I'm not going to be dominated by sinful things. Whoo! But where does it happen? Right here. Right here. Right here. It all happens right here. Look what he, now, now, listen, listen what he says. If your sinful nature, if your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, what is there? What is the result? Life and peace. There that is again. There's peace equated to your thoughts. So I have peace. It's a fruit of the Spirit. But whether I experience peace is in direct proportion to where I put my thoughts. So am I thinking peaceful thoughts about the Spirit or am I thinking about destruction and sinful things that leaves me feeling an absence of peace? And I want to encourage you today. You have peace. And so let God fill your mind with peace. Focus on peace. And notice that sinful thinking will rob you of the life that God has for you. Where are you placing your mind? Our thoughts will determine our destiny. So as we finish today, the second part of this message, let's look at some practical things today. How how can we flesh this out daily? I'd like you to walk out of here and be able to take what we have learned and apply it on Monday. I always tell people, I said, listen, if you can't apply what we're we're teaching on Monday, we don't share it on Sunday. I want to give you some little things that you can walk through and go, you know, I can do that. And so let me just give you just five practical steps of thinking according to God's word. And here's what we need to know about this. God empowers us to control our thoughts. Can I hear a good amen? 
Well, I just, you know, I just got the ADD, the AT&T, and the ADHD, and the Sprint, and all that, and it's all going on in my head, and I got it. Hey, you have a God inside of you that is more powerful than ADHD and AD and all the DDs. And I want to tell you something. If you will focus on him and fix your thoughts on him, he will help you control your mind. Right? Joyce Meyer says it this way. I got to think about what I'm thinking about. Right? I got to think about it. I gotta, I'm, what am I thinking? What are my thoughts? And look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It helps us to know what God wants us to do and the power that we have with our thought life. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, casting down imaginations. Uh, 1 Corinthians says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Listen to this. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is why you and I have to have a plan regarding our thinking. Because a passive mind is the devil's playground. The pa- Listen, if you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, write that down. A passive mind is the devil's playground. Have you ever stopped just throughout your day and go, what am I thinking about? Where did those thoughts come from? You just had a, like popped in your... Where did that come from? Have you ever had those? Come on. Or is it just me? Right? I had two concussions growing up. So sometimes my mind goes, right? Playing football, sophomore, got tackled. My helmet came off, got hit in the head with another helmet. And some of you are going, oh, that's, that's what happened to you. <laughs> now it all makes sense. Right? I was playing flag football. And I was running. And uh, it, this is my ninth grade year. And someone took my flag off and pushed me as I made an interception. I rolled. I was probably running, I don't know, 100 miles an hour. That's what my imagination tells me. And I got pushed, was rolled over, hit my head on the cement, right? Had to go to the hospital. had two concussions. And the other day I was thinking, I was watching football. I was like, man, I, I should have been a football. I, I could have been, man, I, I love, you know, I didn't hear. And then I was like, what am I thinking about? I'm a pastor. I'm 46 years old. You know? And, and I'm going, oh, what, what, what am I? But sometimes I just get these thoughts. And, they, and sometimes I think, well, it's just me because of, of, all, of all, the con, all the concussions. But here's, see, I asked you to raise your hand because all of us come to those moments where you're sitting and you're driving. And the road looks like it just keeps going. And all of a sudden you just have these thoughts. You have these thoughts. And if you're not careful, if you don't, he's telling us you got to deal with those thoughts. Because if you start to meditate on those thoughts, we just learn that it can rob you of your peace. It can start to determine how you feel. Can I, can I give you a, a real tangible example? You know, the other day we're doing prayer and fasting and my wife was at work. My son was at school. And, uh, you know, I, I, I value that time. I was opening it. I was in the Bible. I was praying. And all of a sudden I looked around my apartment and here comes this thought. You're alone. I looked around. Now, is that true? Am I alone? Now watch, I begin to think, I'm alone. Guess what feeling started to accompany my whole body when I accepted the fact that I was alone? What do you think? Say it. Loneliness. Loneliness. I felt lonely. I'm like, what? I have a son that I love. I have a wife who is beautifully hot. Come on. She's smoking. 
Now, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I will let you into my mind only sometimes because some of you wouldn't be able to handle certain things. Come on, I would never put this up on the screen. But I'm being real to you. All this is happening within seconds. And you know, you know how it does. And I'm sitting on my couch. I'm praying, praying, reading the Bible. And that thought, you're alone. I look around, right? The lights are out. Nobody's there. It's quiet. This is what I wanted. But as soon as I begin to meditate on the thought of I'm alone, the feelings of loneliness started to come. So here, here's, here's where we come. We have to take that thought, the Bible says, and deal with that thought. Because here's the question. Even though my wife is at work, my son is at school, am I alone? The Bible says that he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. See, now, where am I going to throw my thoughts? What am, and I began to, this is what he's talking about, is taking that thought and bringing it captive because the thought was trying to exalt itself above God. You're alone. That's, that's, that's an absolute lie. I am not alone. As a matter of fact, not only is Jesus with me, but if God could open up our spiritual eyes, there are angels all around us. We are not alone, my church family, and you are never alone. And so watch this. In those moments, I've learned to take those thoughts. Here's what I did. I say it this way. I like to take loneliness and turn it into a loneness with God. So in a moment, I think I'm not alone. When I'm lonely, it's a sad, depressing time. But when I am alone, with God, it can be a time of purpose and prayer and satisfaction and fulfillment, all of it in one thought. And I want to encourage you, you are not weird for taking control of your thought life. A lot of people are like, oh, that's just, this kind of just sounds like new age stuff. You know what? The Bible has more to say about your mind than a lot of different things. And it's like pastors are afraid to talk about our mind. We need to focus our thoughts. You are not alone. He is with you. And I brought that thought and I said, thought, I'm going to bring it into the obedience of Christ. And I closed my eyes and literally I just pretended like Jesus was there and I began to pray. And guess what happened? My feelings changed. Can I go a little bit deeper today? Some people will feel alone and because they feel alone, Instead of doing what I just did, they'll get on the phone, get on Facebook, see how their ex is doing, see who she hooked up with, who she married, maybe send a message. And why was that? Because you didn't manage a thought that turned into a feeling that now is becoming behavior. And this is why this message is so powerful. Because if we can stop it at a thought, we can overcome. And Jesus has given you the power to overcome. Come on, let's give him a good round of applause this morning. Don't meditate on it. Cast it down. Come on, say that with me. Say, I'm not going to meditate on it. Cast it down. One more time. Say, I'm not going to meditate on it. I'm going to cast it down. So let me give you five quick steps and then we'll be done today. Here's number one. Find a plan to control my thoughts. Find a plan to control my thoughts. What does that mean? See, some of us are being fed bad thinking primarily from internet sources, right? Negative Nancy. Come on, somebody. 
and we allow this to saturate our mind. We just allow it. I'm, I'm, I'm already out there. Might as well be out there. I thought it's interesting this week. People are going haywire over what they think or don't think that the president said this week. And, and I'm like, now what? People are going cray cray. And I think to myself, do you even know if it's true? Were you in that room? No. Well, it's because the news said, yeah? And there were people in the room said he didn't, and there were people in the room said he did. What are you going to do? Freak out? You know what? Here's, what? here's what I did. Three seconds. I don't know if it's true. I'm moving on. If I don't hear a recorded message, but here's what we do. We allow that to, inf- you know, blah, 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 blah. Will you just relax? Take a chill pill and suck on it forever. Just relax. Relax. You weren't there. I wasn't there. Hope he didn't say it. But you know what? People are fighting on Facebook. And here's the reality. They don't even know if it's true. This is what we do. And we wonder why we're frazzled. And is it true? So we have to have a plan, right? What is the plan? Because some of us are influenced by family member. Some of us, it's not the news. It's people in our family. It's other things. And so we've got to look at that and say, you know what? I'm not going to give my thoughts to that. Here's a great plan. Can I just encourage? I know. And again, I'm stating the obvious. The great plan for your thought life, read the word of God. Listen, listen, don't just Facebook, face the book. The book. The book. Listen, and I know this is is simple, but I think sometimes we don't realize. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this. For the word of God is living. This right here is active and living. You can read the same scripture three or four different times, and it can inspire you different ways. It's active. It's alive. Listen, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of the soul. What is your soul? Mind, spirit, and there it is, that word again, emotions. So when I read the word of God, it's going to penetrate right my soul, which is my mind, willing emotions and the spirit. Now watch this. And joints and marrow and it judges the thoughts. It helps me judge my thoughts. I want to kill him. No, I don't want to kill him. Oh, that's illegal and God doesn't like that. But that's the way I feel. Is this too blunt today? I hate him. Oh, love your neighbor. I don't love my neighbor. I don't. 10 o'clock. Right? They got the bass boom. I don't love my neighbors. I'm trying to go to sleep, right? I'm married and have a child. But you know what? When I read this, here's what it does. It helps me judge my thoughts. Right? That the reason why they're listening to Ace of Bass is because they don't know Jesus. But I'm telling you, I can walk out, but this helps me to judge my thoughts. Because just because you grew up a certain way, just because this is the way you are, doesn't mean it's okay. Come on, somebody. This will help you. It judges the attitudes and the heart. And see, what we need to understand is the way God 
cleanses our minds. See, some of us have stuff, man, that we've just grown up with and, and from last year and, and hurt. Watch this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. Oh, please, write this down or take a picture of the screen. He, Jesus is talking about the, the, the church, and he's talking about how he cleanses the church. He cleanses us. We don't cleanse ourselves. But look at what he says. It says that he, Jesus, that he might sanctify and cleanse her, that's us, the church, with the washing of water by the what? Word. word. By the word. By the washing of the water of the word. So watch this. Jesus speaks a word which he has spoken. These are his words. When he speaks this word, when I read this word, it gets into my mind and it washes out the unclean things. My mom used to wash my mouth out with soap. Right? But God says when we read this, listen, gentlemen, you want to change your marriage? Speak a word that washes over your wife's thoughts. Oh, honey, you look good, boo-boo. Oh, my goodness. You know, I told my wife this morning, I love a lot of things about you, but one of the things I'm so grateful for is that we get to do life together. I'm just, I'm in awe about her. Now, do you think that she was mad at me after I said that? Right? What am I doing? I'm using my words to wash over. She's leaving in the morning, right? And she's all ready to go to work. And sometimes I go, Wah. right? And she'll go like this. Oh, come on, Phil. Stop that. And then she'll turn around. She goes, can you do it again? <laughs> Maybe your marriage and your life is where it at, is at. It's because of the words that you're speaking over it. And this is why you were going to hear, and you're going to get tired of hearing it. This is your year. This is your year. Get it? This is my year. This is my breakthrough year. This is my year. Let it get in here. This is my year. Come on, somebody. This is my year. It's my year. Here's number two. We need to find a place to think our thoughts. You know, sometimes there needs to be a place in your day where you turn the volume down of the world. Sometimes this means removing yourself out of places where there's negativity. Sometimes you just got to move out of that. I'm not saying be rude. I'm not. All I'm saying is that there's, you cannot think negative thoughts and live a positive life. You can't hang around a bunch of haters that drink the haterade and live a positive, loving life. I'm just telling you, it gets where? In your thinking. Uh, can I just help you? And I don't know, this is the Holy Spirit. So somebody in here needs to hear this. If you constantly hang around people who hate the boss and are talking about hating the boss, don't be surprised if you start hating the boss. And it wasn't ever your idea. It was the people that were around you that kept putting that. Can you just shush and go to work? If you want to be a counselor, take classes. Find a place to think my thoughts. Right? Isaiah, here it is again, talking about peace and thoughts. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Watch this. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. I can be in perfect peace every day if I'll keep my thoughts on him. Come on, say a good amen. Where's your thoughts? Where's your thoughts? 
you have peace. It's a fruit of the Spirit, but your thoughts will determine whether you experience those. Colossians 3, 2, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Here's number three. Find a person to stretch your thoughts. Oh, this is good. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love, good works, and let us not neglect meeting together. One translation says, as some are in the habit, there's that word, habit of doing. You can get in the habit where you miss church, you miss church, and all of a sudden you look back, wow, it's six weeks, you've been out. Come on, I'm just telling you, that's not a way to go into 2018. Prioritize your schedule. Don't schedule God out of your schedule schedule God into your schedule. And he says, but think about how ways to come together, motivate people, watch this, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Can I just ask you, who's in your life that's helping you stretch the way you think? You know, I was listening to my pastor this week. He's 68 years old, has two campuses. They have probably about 30,000 people that come to church on the weekend. I don't know about you, but that may be a good time to say I'm retiring. 68 years old, traveling all around the world, speaking at Hillsong, speaking at a lot of the major conferences. And I was listening to him this week, and he's talking about, you know what he's talking about? How are we going to grow? How are we going to move forward at 68? And I just thought it was funny because he said, he said, you know, people are coming and asking me, Pastor, aren't you going to retire? And then I'd be like, just slow down. Just relax. Listen, he's like, I'm 68 years old. I'm not going to retire. I'm going to refire. Come on, somebody. But, but I love this. Listen. It's really easy to say those things, but you know why he's saying it? Because he's thinking it. He's thinking, I'm moving forward. He's thinking, how am I going to grow this year? I'm not just going to settle at 68 years old. His pastor is 80 years old. His pastor is 80 years old and speaking all around the world, speaking in conferences at 80 years old. That You know what I love about that? It stretches my thinking because I'm like, I'm 46 waking up in the morning. Going, Ooh, I didn't feel that before. Right? 50-year-old. Oh, I think my, my life is about retiring. Come on. There's life to be lived. Come on. There's life to be lived. Stop thinking about your age. You're not too old. Come on. Who's going to stretch your thoughts? Get into a life group. That's why we're doing this today. You know why? Because when you get around people, start stretching your thoughts. You know, Bob back there, uh, Bob Sr. is one of our ushers. There was a time in his life recently, probably this last year, he's running nine miles a day. That'll stretch your thought. And Bob, how old are you? 22? <laughs> Said almost. Almost 22. Right? Do you mind sharing your age today, Bob? 71. He's 71 years old. Running. At 70 years old, he was running nine miles a day. What did that just do? Your mind just went, oh, I need, I need a Tylenol. I'm not talking about just doing more for the sake of I'm talking about stretching your thinking, right? I love when people that have one kid are like, I don't know about this parenting thing. Go talk with Inez. She's got five, and she's doing good. She's in service today, and she's smiling. <laughs> Come on. Let that stretch your thinking. You can. Find a person to stretch your thoughts. Here's number four. Find a purpose to land my thoughts. I think the healthiest thoughts that you have are the thoughts about why you're on this planet. Why are you here? The most miserable people I know are not circumstantially miserable, but you know what? 
It's because they don't know why they're here. Purpose, vision keeps me going. It's the thing that keeps me moving. Seeing people, hearing your testimonies. Can I just tell you? I, and I'm just going to tell you this today. I don't ever say it. I haven't said this in five years. But if you like something around here, say it. Because you know what? It encourages us to know this is why we're here. This is why we're moving forward. And if you'll start thinking about your purpose and what God has for you, it'll provide the fuel for God. And you know what? I think if God were to speak to you right now, here's two things he would say. Let go of yesterday and start dreaming about tomorrow. Let go of yesterday and let's have a dream and a vision for the future. Romans 12 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will and his good, pleasing, and perfect will is. If you'll change your thinking, you can see God's will in your life. That's why I want to encourage you, attend our growth track. It's January 28th. If you don't know, it helps you. He'll tell you the vision. We'll, I'll be there. We'll give you some lunch. It'll be a great time. And you know what? Uh, we, it, we do a spiritual gifts assessment. It's awesome. It'll help you figure out where your heart is and all those things. January 28th. It's two Sundays from now. Sign up. We'd love to see you there. And here's the last one for today. Was this good today? Yeah. It's good. I'm so glad I came to church. I may come back next week myself. Here's number five. Find the power to fuel my thoughts. We can think so small, and yet we have a big God. Amen. Isaiah 55, 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, when we think like God wants us to think, we think higher. Come on, we need to think higher. Let's let our thoughts be proportionate to the big God that we serve. You know, here's the cool thing about God. As we close today, God will always speak a word into your life. I believe he's got a word for you this year that's going to motivate you. But here's what he does. He speaks a word and he's going to tell you something that's too big for you. You're going to be like, wow, that's way too big. But you know what? You're going to have to have him in it to win it. That's what he does. He'll speak this word. He's like, I don't know if I can do that. But he doesn't want you to do it without him. He wants to fuel and give you the power to do it. And I want to close with this scripture. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And the worship team can come. It says this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. There is a power. God's power inside of you that can raise the capacity of your thinking. Listen to me if you're a business owner. Listen to me. Some of us go to work every day and if we would just tap into this power that's on the inside, this is what the scripture is saying, that the power is inside of you. This power will go beyond what you can even imagine or think. If I can focus on this power, See, not every idea you have is a God idea, but God will give you God ideas that will take your life higher and it will stretch you and pull you. But here is the fuel for our thoughts, the power that is inside. Now, I've hung out with people. Some people claim to know it all. Come on, I just claim to know the all-knowing God. That's all I need to know. And he will stretch your thinking. He will give you a new view. God wants us to allow the power to start to impact 
your thinking. What could you do with God with you? You know what the Bible says? If God be for you, nobody can be against you. The Bible says that God is on your side. The Bible says that all things are possible to him that believes. Let's get possibility thinking in our mind and get rid of all the other stuff. Come on, would you stand today and let's give God a great round of applause for his word today. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.